104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Good morning, Jill Welke here with you. It is Flannel Friday, and it's a little chilly out there, so those flannels are really nice to be wearing, I'm thinking, because that's what I've got on today. So for farm news, we're going to talk about Secretary Tom Vilsack's and top priorities for agriculture. We're also going to go over the United States milk production. And the availability of animal medications has really been affected by the supply chain issues. And there's a new part and there's a partnership between the corn growers and poultry producers that has been profitable for both. We're always also getting a special treat this morning because I had the luxury of inter- interviewing Brady Clot about cow nutrition and its relation to the calf nutrition. So I've got an interview for going with that. And later on this today, we're going to have an interview. Pam talks to Jackie Fent about ginseng and the availability and the demand for it. Well, we've got a quite a few chores to do today, so we're going to keep moving through and get get our stuff done. So let's get started. Wax 104.5. Wax is the Chippewa Valley's home for local country radio and your local country morning show. This is Wax 104.5 FM WAXX Eau Claire. Wax 104.5. For those who work in acres, not in hours, Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And Joe Welke here with you again. Yesterday, I was adventuring out with the farm truck, and I ended up in Baldwin. And I visited the, with some of the people up there at Compere Financial. They did tell me they were a little disappointed that Bob didn't come up there and see him. But I'm like, well, you know, I'll let him know. But well, he can't really come back from Hawaii just to come and see him. But maybe next time he'll go see them. Um, I did hear from Bob last night, and he's having a good time down there, and I know that he's going to come back to a little bit cooler weather up here, but he should be back in the studio here next week. It is, we're nearing in on 5 o'clock, and we're going to run right over, oh, we're almost to 5 o'clock, we're going to go right over to our national news. More healthcare workers are expected to have their first COVID vaccine dose when they show up today. They had a deadline to meet yesterday as part of President Biden's mandate. It affects about 10 million employees at 76,000 hospitals and nursing homes at risk of losing federal funding. The Supreme Court allowed the mandate to continue after blocking the same requirement for big businesses. President Biden is confirming he will nominate a black woman to the Supreme Court. And that person will be the first black woman ever nominated to the United States Supreme Court. During the retirement announcement of Supreme Court Justice Stephen Breyer, Biden said he's sticking to his campaign promise and will pick a historical nominee by late February. One choice that's getting early buzz is Judge Ketanji Brown-Jackson. She's a former Breyer clerk who serves on the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals. There's a new update on the crisis in Ukraine. The country's president is now saying he's not certain Russia will ever invade, calling the threat dangerous but ambiguous. But President Biden is warning there's a distinct possibility Russia might attack next month once the ground freezes. The two leaders spoke Thursday for almost 90 minutes discussing the troop buildup. Russia has sent about 100,000 soldiers to the border. Auto industry experts are predicting a big financial hit if the interest rate is increased. 
Brian Shook has the details. NBC News reports if the Federal Reserve does raise the rate, the industry could see a $22 billion loss in sales. The vice president of data and analytics at J.D. Power says the industry has not dealt with a rate and a product shortage at the same time. The supply chain issue has also caused concern in the industry with certain materials like rubber and plastics in low supply when building cars. I'm Brian Shook. And millions of people on the East Coast are bracing for what could be a huge snowstorm in just hours. Forecasters think Massachusetts and Rhode Island will see up to two feet of snow fall through Saturday. Boston alone is expecting three to four inches an hour, while Philadelphia and New York City could get up to eight inches total. I'm Mark Mayfield. And let's take a look at our temperatures around the area, and then we'll take a look at our weather. Temperature in Eau Claire right now is five below. And I looked at it said it feels like only five below. So we must have, I didn't notice any wind when I was out. So I'm liking that idea. Medford is at 12 below. Rice Lake is at 12 below. Wausau is at six below. Green Bay is at one above. Marshfield's at eight below. La Crosse is at four below. Or, oh, excuse me. La Crosse is at four degrees. Madison's at five degrees. Milwaukee's at 12 degrees. And the cold spot that I found in our area is Black River Falls at 16 below zero. And our weather today, our highs slated to go up to 11 degrees with a low of zero and partly cloudy. Tomorrow, we're supposed to be up to 26 with a low of nine and mostly cloudy. Saturday and Sunday look really close to the same. 22, 23 degrees for our high and 14 for our low with partly cloudy skies. I'm just saying we're getting one day closer to spring every day we make it through January. And our Skywarn 13 weather is brought to you by Markwart Motors. Markwart Motors would like to thank their valued and loyal customers, their hardworking employees, and the surrounding community for making Markwart Motors the largest general Motors Leap Dealership in the state of Wisconsin. And that's a little bit of a look at our weather. Now we're going to get going on some more farm chores. Up next, we're going to have an interview from Brady Clatt about cow nutrition. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And with the mention of the Marshfield Farm Show... Chris and I, we're going to be over to the farm show at the Marshfield Mall. Bob is going to be out of the area again, so it's going to be Kristen and I over there. It's going to be my, I haven't been to a farm show for a while, so it's going to be my first experience in quite a while of being to a farm show and my first experience of being behind the booth instead of out walking around and taking in the information that's out there. But I'm sure that we will... We will get through it, and we will find out a lot more information that's going on. And as I said before, up next, we're going to have Brady Clatt talk about cow nutrition. I had the luxury of talking to him at the beef cow meeting the other night, and I would like to share some of his knowledge. This is Joe Welke, Wax Radio, and today I get to visit with Brady Clatt. He works for Purina, and he told me that he is in charge of technical solutions. 
we certainly need that defined. Thanks for having me here on your interview today. It's uh, exciting to talk with a bunch of folks at the meeting we're at, but in terms of what I do with Purina, uh, I, I'm a member of our technical solutions team, and there's four of us that cover the nation for Purina, and we get to do uh, a lot of different things. There's a lot of tasks that are accomplished by technical solutions, but uh, probably my favorite is dealing with producers and, and answering some of the questions that they have. So if you're calling into our 1-800 number or shooting us an email through our Ask an Expert uh, feature on our website, you get a hold of myself or one of the folks on our team and we'll talk through uh, your situation and help answer any questions that you have uh, related to nutrition or or cattle management. Nutrition, cattle management, what part of nutrition is your favorite part and what do you really like to impress upon the people that call into you? Oh gosh, that's a a, a great question. I guess I would say my favorite part of nutrition probably relates to the opportunities that we have with with cow-calf nutrition to utilize a wide variety of feedstuffs and ruminant animals are pretty remarkable in the feedstuffs that they can convert to a high quality protein and so uh, I would say in general the utilization of low quality forages and cow nutrition and making cows which are really a remarkable powerhouse and recycling and upcycling those forages is is really where I like to gravitate towards and helping producers improve in, in the way they're grazing and managing their forage resources. To investigate each producer's situation separately, being a beef producer myself, I know that we don't feed our cows the same all the way through the year. Can you give me some examples of some of the differences that we would do during the different gestation periods? There's going to be a, a lot of changes that we're going to see from one part of the year to the other, and it's it's really remarkable when you consider gestational changes and the requirements on a cow. When we're considering those, it's, it's really neat to think that a cow is never just feeding herself, right, because uh, we're trying to get her to nurse a calf at the same time breed back and, and uh, you know, raise that next calf that we're breeding her for, right? And so in terms of gestational requirements, there's never good time to short cows. So uh, we always have her taking care of the next generation, and so we always want to make sure that we have ample mineral resources and energy throughout the year. And one thing that Purina has is our all-season nutrition program, and the tagline there is really never let your cows have a bad day. So that program is bolstered by a lot of our Accuration products that allow cows to consume the amount that they need based off of those forward resources. And so really at the end of the day, we're ensuring that those cattle get what they need and better utilize what you have available because they're getting ample protein to make that room and really work on their behalf. We started at the cows. Let's go to the calves and tell me a little bit about some of the calf requirements that you see in the calves from the little calves right up to the weaned calves and then beyond that. So when we're talking calf requirements, from day one, a huge requirement and, and it's extremely paramount to get quality colostrum into those calves. So when they hit the ground and start nursing, we got to make sure that those cows have what the calves need in terms of those proteins that are directly absorbed, as well as some vitamins and mineral and other resources in terms of energy, especially when we're in cold parts of the spring calving, to get those calves off the ground and going and, and really moving. From there, as we move into wean calf, we want to ensure that as we're weaning those calves, we're using a palatable start to get them to the bunk right away and that's going to you know get them consuming feed that meets their needs because if they're not getting to the bunk and we don't have a palatable feed there's going to be a gap and that stressful event of weaning is going to really create maybe a chasm in terms
terms of more drastic effect as we as we move through it, right? So we want to try and minimize stress right away, get them eating and, and meet their requirements so they can mount an immune response when they do have stressful uh, situations or, or pathogens that might be entering their body. And from there, really, it's, you know, making sure that we're doing whatever we can to get the next producer in line, whether it be a stalker that we're selling our feeder calves to or an end feedlot to make sure that uh, we're really delivering a, a wholesome product that you know, the end consumer can really get behind and that they're enjoying it comes to the cutability and, and the marbling and taste of that product. Brady, we started the cows, we ended with the calves. Thank you very much for the interview, and I appreciate it, and I look forward to hearing some more from you. Thank you, Brady. That was very informative, and I have that on my mind because we're just about ready to start calving, and I think it's good information to have out there. Well, let's get back to more chores, and then we're going to be coming in with markets. Farm markets are brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. All business owners want the same thing, to make their business succeed. At Rural Mutual, they help that happen. As the third largest writer of commercial business in Wisconsin, they take the time to learn your business so they can properly protect you. Call your local agent today or visit RuralMutual.com. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And our markets are brought to us by Rural Mutual Insurance. Let's dive right in. Choice fed beef steers are 130 to 146 and a half with mixed at 1 to 129. Choice fed beef heifers are 129 to 145 with mixed at 117 to 128. Choice fed Holstein steers are 108 to 127 with selects at 82 to 107. Cows are 45, 44 to 64 with a top of 64.5 to 81.5. Our bulls are coming in at 51 to 94. Butcher hogs are 35 to 54. Sows are at 40 to 47 with boars coming in at 15 to 19. And new crop market lambs are at 245. And feeder lambs are at 250 to $4. Let's take a look at our livestock futures. For February, we're sitting at 137, down a quarter. April, 141.62, down a quarter again. June, we're at 136.70, down 35. August, for August, we're at 135.90, down 40 cents. And And that trending is going down for our feeder cattle. For January, we're at 158.92, up 20 cents. And March, we're at 159.5, down one. April, 165, down one again. And May of 2022, we're at 169, down 80 cents. August, we're at 179, down 70 cents. And that trend is going down for the year. Our lean hogs. For February, we're sitting at one, at 87, down one. For April, 94, down one and three quarters. For May, 99, down one. And June, 105, down one and a half. And that market is trending downward also. Let's roll on over to our Chicago Board of Trade and look at our corn markets for March. 628. 
up three for oats. Six fifty-two down three for our March soybeans. We're at fourteen fifty-six up eight. Our soybean meal is at four hundred seven dollars a ton, up two and a half. And wheat is at eight dollars, up six and a half. Going into our dairy products, our barrel cheese are at one sixty-seven and three quarters, up one and a half. Our forty-pound blocks are at one seventy-three, with no change from yesterday. And our butter, double A butter, is at two forty-nine, with no change from yesterday, which is a little refreshing because man, it was a downward trend earlier this week, and just to see the no changes. A little bit reassuring. We're going to run right over to our Class Three milk. January is at twenty thirty six, up eight cents. February is at nineteen eighty four, up thirty three cents. March is at twenty sixty nine, up fifty two cents. And April's at twenty one oh three, up forty six cents. May is also up forty six cents at twenty one oh eight, and it is trending up through the end of the year. And after the hits that we took earlier this week, just to see them rebound a little bit is got to be good news for the dairy farmers just to see that come up and give them a little relief. So after a little bit, few more chores, we're going to be going into some farm news. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Hey, here's some farm news. USDA Secretary Tom Vilsack shares three top priorities for agriculture. Trade, COVID-19 relief payments, and rural extraction economy. Trade increases for agriculture products have started with India. They have agreed to start accepting pork and pork products into their country. The U.S.-India trade policy is opening up a new export market for pork and a positive movement in trade relations between the U.S. and India. In 2021, the USDA promised $10 billion in COVID-19 and disaster aid payments for farmers. $750,000 was set aside for livestock producers, but it has not been handed out yet. Vilsack hopes to have a system set up this spring to get the funds distributed. Rural extraction economy means farmers use the land to grow products and harvest them. Then those products are moved to someplace else where they are processed, creating a money return to the farmer and creating jobs. Another part of this system is creating a farmer-owned cooperative to process the farmer's product, allowing the producer to profit from both production and processing. A circular economy is created, producer to processor to consumer and back around again. United States Milk Production reported, milk production for the 24 major dairy states totaled 18 billion pounds in December, down slightly from last year. Milk production per cow averaged 2,027 pounds for December, 8 pounds more than last year. The number of cows was 8.88 million head, 42,000 less than last year, but more milk is being produced with fewer cows. And that's a little bit of our farm news. We're going to do a few more chores, and then we're going to be talking, Pam's going to be talking to... Jackie Fett about ginseng. It's the Lunar New Year. This is Jill Welke from the northern end of the world's longest barn. With that time frame, ginseng has become popular. Pam had the opportunity to talk to Jackie about the popularity of ginseng. 
Well, it's not just the popularity of ginseng, Jill. It's also about uh, kind of the heritage of ginseng. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. Jackie Fett is the executive director of the Wisconsin Ginseng Association. Now, the Lunar New Year is actually on February 1st, uh, the year of the Tiger 2022. And basically in China, it allows people to take seven days off of work. So from January 29th through the 6th of February, markets will be closed. People will be getting together to celebrate the Lunar New Year. One of the most popular gifts to give to one another in China is real Wisconsin ginseng root. But the problem is getting it there. The problem is the price of our Wisconsin product versus other international competitors. I talked about it with Jackie and asked her to give us an update on what's going on with the industry. It's not looking as good as in the past, that's for sure. Um, we have had quite a bit of struggles with uh, restri- travel restrictions due to the pandemic, which is normally a big gifting time for our industry. So people who would normally travel here to the United States would would go home to see their families during the Chinese New Year, and they would bring them Wisconsin ginseng packages uh, to their families because it's highly valued there, especially by the elderly uh, folks in China. Mm-hmm. So is it still the tariffs, is it travel, or is it all of the above, Jackie, that's still impacting our ginseng folks? It's actually all of the above. Um, the travel restrictions and then the tariffs still remain um, relatively high. Actually, there's been really no tariff relief between um, on, on ginseng between China and the U.S. Um, there's a small percentage of relief that's available to importers, but it's really not significant enough to um, to really help out Um so growers have had to lower their prices in order to sell their ginseng, which has had a huge impact on our industry as prices rise. Uh, a lot, all the supply side um, things are rising. Is that market being filled by other ginseng growers, uh, Jackie? That's the other thing. You know, uh, a year's worth of absence of real Wisconsin ginseng is one thing, but now that it's going on too, it makes me wonder if others around the world are trying to fill that market. Yes, uh, China actually grows American ginseng, so they have a great deal of supply. I think they grow maybe 12 million pounds of ginseng of American ginseng in China. So they obviously want the Chinese people to consume the American ginseng that they grow, but the Chinese people prefer Wisconsin ginseng just because of the quality of our of our product. You mentioned that the growing season of 2021 was pretty good for our Wisconsin ginseng growers, not only as far as volume, but also quality. Help people understand, though, uh, that's fine, uh, but you already had quite a bit of Wisconsin ginseng still in storage. Is that correct? Well, actually, we we launched a website last year, which was we're calling our official virtual showroom for Wisconsin ginseng. It's www.byweginseng.com, and we it was a way that we could connect uh, growers with overseas buyers. So the website is available in all of our overseas markets, and they can go on there and um, hear descriptions of the uh, lots in both English and Mandarin, and then they can connect directly with the buyer to purchase their root. And that was a very successful strategy uh, for the board last year, and we just added our new 2021 lots um, just before Christmas. Mm-hmm. So we're hoping that that will continue to help uh, the growers sell their roots in, you know, the new virtual way of of buying. Um, buying ginseng is a very personal um, purchase. It's every grower's root has its own unique qualities. And so there are certain markets that 
um, that want a certain type of root. So it's about connecting those buyers with the growers that, you know, the root that they're looking for. Talk to me about the resilience of our Wisconsin ginseng growers. I mean, a lot of these folks have been in it generationally in Wisconsin. Jackie, have they been able to withstand this strain? Have you seen people exit or back off on acres? Give me a little sense of what's happening with our Wisconsin growers. Yeah, I don't think you're ever going to find a more resilient group of growers. They're um, we had a field day in August, and I expected that the attitudes would be a lot more dire, but people were just happy to connect with one each, with each other again after not seeing each other for a while. And, yeah, we all understand our challenges that the market's facing right now, but the growers aren't in this. The growers that are in this aren't lighthearted. They're used to facing lots of challenges, and um, so they're, it's just another, you know, another challenge that they're having to overcome. So, we're trying to help them overcome those challenges, and we are looking forward to, you know, hopefully some positive uh, times coming up. Um, our market price is up a little bit uh, this year over last year, so that's a good sign. And with carrying over not really much uh, roots from previous seasons and harvests, that will really help our industry price as well. Sure. Jackie Fetz along with us, if you're just joining us. She's the executive director of the Wisconsin Ginseng Growers. Let's talk a little bit about here domestically then as far as use and preference for Wisconsin-grown ginseng. You know, Jackie, I can't think of a time more in our, in our history where people are focused on health, trying to do what they can to stay healthy, uh, be healthy, turn things around. I, I'm wondering, has Wisconsin ginseng found favor with those people that are trying to do whatever they can to protect themselves? Yeah, we've actually had an increase of um, calls into the office lately um, for of consumers looking for ginseng capsules um, as a result of the Mayo Clinic study that was done in 2012 because um, ginseng can help support fatigue in patients that are undergoing chemotherapy. So it's well known. It's well known for that, and then also, yeah, for just the immune supportive benefits of ginseng, we've had uh, an in, uh, increase of calls lately. So that's a positive um, note for the board. Um, we're looking at trying to get the word out as much as possible um, to the domestic market because we think it's um, it's a, a kind of a secret. People don't really know much about American ginseng as they would maybe some other health uh, promoting uh, products, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, we're looking at increasing our um, our efforts to promote more domestically as well in the next year or so. Well, you know, and, and uh, well, there's probably a lot of people shaking their heads out there and saying, oh, yeah, I want to know about Wisconsin ginseng. They also have to understand you folks are kind of limited as far as depth of staff and ability to handle all that. It's not like you're a multi-million dollar company with a specific you know, staff that's in charge of those kinds of things. You're kind of the chief cook and bottle washer for everything, aren't you? (laughs) That's right. We're a very small organization. We have, you know, just myself and an office manager, and then we have a couple consultants that help us with our efforts. But, yeah, it's a really small operation, and um, we represent the 160-plus growers uh, in Wisconsin right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Jackie Fetz, along with Executive Director, Wisconsin Ginseng Growers. So now we have to remind the audience also, Jackie, that the ginseng growers in Wisconsin, this is a long-term commitment. This is not like corner soybeans where you plant it in uh, April and harvest it in November. Uh, These folks have uh, got a stake in the game years out now what's uh, what are they talking about for 2022 as far as acreage and what about the human element of labor with ginseng 
Yeah, labor be, labor has become a real issue um, for the industry, you know, as well as a lot of other industries who are suffering to try to find help. Um, so yeah, we did we did experience uh, some labor issues this with this past harvest because ginseng is a very hands on product. It has to be hand weeded. The berries have to be picked by hand, and then it's it's a hands on harvest as well. The roots are brought to the ground by um, a digger, like um, adapted potato digger basically then they're brought to the soil and then they're all hand picked from the soil into containers and so it's a very labor intensive process and that has continued to impact the industry for sure um and then i can't remember what your first part of your question was oh the grower uh, number of growers in acreage we're looking at i think we're looking at a maybe a slight uh, decrease in acreage in the coming years because we did see some loss um, some of our growers are at retirement age, and with the market conditions being what they are, they just decided to retire um, from growing. So we did hear that some growers decided not to plant uh, this past year. So we will be seeing a decrease in acres in the next three three to four years for sure. All right. Well, there we have it, at least for right now. Jackie Fett along with us giving us an update on how our Wisconsin ginseng industry is doing. Like she said, uh, the tariff situation with the United States and China has not changed, but our Wisconsin ginseng growers persevere, turning to the World Wide Web as the means to try to keep some of that business and turning their attention to the domestic market and trying to educate you and I on the benefits of real Wisconsin ginseng. Like she said, uh, you can go to their website, Wisconsin Grown Ginseng, and find out more and or get in contact with uh, the Wisconsin Ginseng Association. They'll be happy to help you out. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Farm Director Pam Yonke. Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And we're back again. We're going to jump in with a little bit of farm news because I don't think that Mike Dandria is quite ready for us with uh, with um, the weather. So, availability of animal medicines affected by supply and chain issues. Veterinarians and U.S. livestock producers are struggling to possess many commonly used medications. Penicillin is in short supply. Veterinarians are having a difficult time finding even a few bottles. One reason for the shortage is the need to make drugs for humans that use the same base ingredients as animal drugs. Animals end up drawing the short straw and go without. Increased demand for amoxicillin for humans because of the COVID-19 symptoms has also caused less animal penicillin to be made. Ingredient quality issues from a China supplier took six months to resolve, slowing manufacturing way down. Manufacturing processes and labor shortages are also causing less drugs to be made. And we're going to take a look at a few things that are going on soon. So the Marshfield Winter Forum is next. <laughs> it says next Wednesday, February 1st, but February 1st is on Tuesday. So I will have to check into that and let you know on Monday the exact date of that. But that is in the Marshfield Egg Country office. It starts at 9.30 with coffee and donuts. 10 o'clock is the meeting with lunch to follow. And the featured topics include updates on crop insurance, tax law changes, commodity market update, and interest rate environment. And on Tuesday, February 1st at the Chippewa County Courthouse, there is a private pesticide applicator training Contact Chippewa County 
courthouse for more information on that one. But sessions start at 930 and last until about 3 o'clock. So if you need to get your pesticide applicator licenses renewed, there's a good place to get her done. And the deadline is fast approaching for Cornerstone Dairy Academy. The deadline is January 31st to get involved in the Leadership Academy. It happens on March 15th and 16th at the Kalahari Resort in Wisconsin Dells. We're going to run over to the weather and see if Mike is there for us. Yes, Mike. ma'am. How we doing, Jill? We are doing great. It is Friday, huh? Yeah, we're moving through Friday pretty quickly here. I know, right? It's actually kind of flying by today. I'm I'm okay with this. <laughs> yep. But uh, the one thing I'm not okay with is that it is a little colder today, of course. I would prefer to wake up to sunshine and palm trees. But otherwise, we'll have some sunshine for whatever that's worth. But temperatures only climbing up into about the low teens. We'll have some calm winds, so that won't be much of a factor for wind chill. Otherwise, tonight, cooling it off back to around zero with mostly cloudy conditions. And the wind's still not much of a factor until about tomorrow. We'll start to get a little breeze in the air, but it also warm up, too. We'll have more clouds, but highs climbing up into about the mid-20s, setting up for a relatively warmer Saturday night. Mostly cloudy conditions and lows only dipping into about the upper single digits, and some places may not even get into the single digits, so that's pretty good. Uh, But Sunday, just pulling it back a little bit with mostly cloudy conditions and temperatures in the low 20s. Right now in Eau Claire, pretty chilly, though, 6 degrees below zero. I'm Skywarn 13 meteorologist Mike Dandria. But you got to remember, we're getting one day closer to spring. Always. I'm okay with this. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll have to consult Bob how it is to wake up to palm trees and sunshine. He's supposed to be back next week. Listen, I'm a little jealous about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, palm trees in Wisconsin... You know, we might be kind of like thinking outside the box anyway. Yeah, I might have to pull those up on my computer monitor or something. Hey, that's always a way. Yeah. All right. Well, Jill, you have a great weekend, all right? You too. Thanks. Thank you. And that was Mike Dandria from TV 13 Weather. And your Skywarn Weather 13 Weather was brought to you by Marquardt Motors. Marquardt Motors has the area's largest pre-owned inventory with pre-owned selections arriving daily. Check them out at the lot or at MarquardtMotors.com. We're going to see what Morgan has for our local news. Good morning. Well, here's what we're learning today. We'll start locally, and Lake Halley's Police Department mourns a loss of one of their own. Officer Michael Tony Hudson passed away last week at 47. He died in the hospital after a battle with coronavirus. The police chief in Lake Halley saying that Hudson was a part-time officer, but a full-time social worker in our city. He's being remembered for his dedication to the job and arrangements are being held tomorrow in Lake Halley. And other headlines from our state, none of the four persons of interest in custody and connection to last week's sex temple murder in Milwaukee are believed to be one of the shooters. But Milwaukee Police Chief Jeffrey Norman yesterday said there are still four people in custody because police believe they know something about the case. Still no motive for the murders, but Norman yesterday confirmed the six were shot execution style. One clue that's receiving a lot of attention, though, is a 911 call that described a murder that sounded a lot like the murder of the six victims. Chief Norman says they want to find out who made that 911 call. On our state's 
political stage, could you be $150 richer? Well, Republican leaders in the legislature, they want to sit on a projected state budget surplus of nearly $4 billion until next year and then use it to provide tax relief. But on the other side of the aisle from Governor Tony Evers, that's not the plan. He announced his own proposal to use some of that revenue, and it could mean a check to you. And sitting on the people's money for another year and a half makes no sense. We want to get it back to the people, especially in areas that, uh, you know, talking about the child care, talking about the, the people that take care of uh, loved ones at home, but uh, but also the direct payments to each one of them. Ever says he wants to use some of the $1.5 billion on caregiver and child care credits and $150 refund to every state taxpayer, though Speaker Robin Voss calls that an election year bribe. While we're hanging out on the political stage, there's another hat in the race ring for Wisconsin governor. Former U.S. Senate candidate Kevin Nicholson announced his candidacy for governor. He's a business consultant and former Democrat who lost a bid for U.S. Senate as a Republican in 2018. The only other major Republican candidate to announce a campaign so far is former Lieutenant Governor Rebecca Clayfish. How about we step away from politics for a while, right? A quick peek into public health heading into the weekend. Wisconsin's coronavirus hospitalization peak seems to have passed. Yesterday, the association saying just over 1,700 people are hospitalized with the virus, and that is a drop of more than 320 people from last week. You can always find updates, including that downward trend and a link to DHS online when you visit 715newsroom.com. And it's chilly out there again when we look to Mother Nature. But uh, instead of that, we're going to look to Hormel a hop skip and a jump away to Minnesota and a chili cheesecake on the way. The chili brand unveiled the one-of-a-kind 15-gallon Hormel chili cheese keg that dispenses Hormel chili cheese dip straight from its tap. Hormel says the keg provides nearly 300 servings of Hormel chili cheese. Fans can visit hormelchilicheesekeg.com through February the 6th to enter to win the unique prize. I'm Mark Mayfield. Well, if you know anybody that has a birthday or anniversary coming up, right? I'm Morgan McCarthy, and now you are up to date. Right here in America's Dairyland with the big cheese, Jill in the Midwest Farm Show. Just after 6, Alex takes us through this Friday into the weekend groove right here on Wax with your usual cast of unusuals and the Wax Morning Show. Live, local, and right along with you on Wax 104.5. Thank you, Morgan. I'm thinking, how can you go all wrong with chili cheese? Well, let's get back to some of those chores that we need to get done. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And that was Joe Nichols with What's a Guy Gotta Do to Get a Girls in This Town? Did you know that he is going to be at Farm Tech Fest on July 13th? It's a new deal that goes along with Farm Technology Days, Farm Tech Fest. There's going to be a camping and music and sounds like a really good time. We're going to do our last news story and then we're going to start running to our markets. Corn growers and poultry producers, a great partnership. The exports of U.S. poultry brings value to, to the domestic corn market. Poultry farmers feed many pounds of corn to those growing chickens that are exported to many different countries making a convenient market for corn growers. Corn is easily accessed by the poultry producers, and corn growers have a solid market for the product. A win-win situation for both sides. And as I said, up next, we're going to be going to our markets. Brought to you by Chippewa Valley Bean of Menominee. Happy New Year to you and yours from the gang at Chippewa Valley Bean. 
Let's make 2022 a great year with a crop of dark red kidney beans. Kidney beans, you know, are a high-value crop with a great return on investment and a great addition to any rotation. Chippewa Valley Bean would like to work with you in 2022 to bring value to your operation with a crop of dark red kidney beans. If you want to talk about what Chippewa Valley Bean can do for you, give Ben, their agronomist, a call at 715-556-1930 or find them on the web at cvbean.com. That's cvbean.com. Agriculture. It's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. We're going to go to Jim Lindsay and hear for what the Thursday market was for Equity Altoona. And behind him, we're going to have Jerry Fitzgerald from Equity Stratford. Choice beef steers and heifers, dollar to a dollar twenty-five. Choice dairy cross steers and heifers, dollar to a dollar twenty. High yielding choice and prime Holstein steers, a dollar twelve to a dollar twenty. Choice Holstein steers, a dollar to a dollar eleven. Select underfinished heavyweight oversized steers and heifers, ninety-nine and down. Top twenty percent of the cull cows sold from sixty-four to seventy-two. The top is seventy-eight. Sixty percent of the cows sold from fifty to sixty-three. The bottom twenty percent of the cows sold from forty-nine and down. Organic market from Tuesday, 80% of the organic cows sold from 80 to 90. The bottom 20% of the organic cows sold from 79 and down. Cull bulls sold from 65 to 85, the top of 87. Thin, full horn, and lightweight bulls all discounted. 80% of the 95-pound-up Holstein bull calves sold from 50 to $170 per head. Light and poor quality calves sold from $50 per head and down. Quality beef calves sold from $100 to $250 per head. Here are prices for fancy vaccinated feeder cattle from our last sale, which was held here on January 21st. Three to six hundred pound beef steers, a dollar twenty to a dollar ninety-seven. Six to nine hundred pound beef steers, a dollar fifteen to a dollar sixty-three. Three to six hundred pound beef heifers, a dollar ten to a dollar fifty-three. Six to nine hundred pound beef heifers, a dollar to a dollar forty-two. Three to six hundred pound Holstein steers, eighty to a dollar twenty-five. Six to nine hundred pound Holstein steers, seventy-five to a dollar. We are now selling organic cattle on Tuesdays at the El Tuna Market. Please have all cattle and appropriate paperwork to the barn by 11 a.m. the day of sale. Our next special feeder sale is February 4th. All feeder sales are live on Cattle USA. If you have any questions about how to register as a bidder on Cattle USA or to consign cattle to upcoming sale, feel free to give us a call at 715-835-3104. To check out our early consignments, go to the Equity Livestock Market consignment page and click on the El Tuna Market. This has been Jim Lindsay reporting from Equity Livestock in El Tuna. Have a great day. Thank you, Jim Lindsay. Up next, we've got Jerry Fitzgerald on the line. Jerry, you tell me it's cold over there again. I said, you know, it's not that bad. Well, good morning to you, Jill. Yeah, we have a minus six. I guess it's all relative. Uh, yeah, we're we're looking into January here. Things are looking up. It won't be so bad. We're not talking about those, uh, minus you and I were talking about the other morning when we were talking here. So it's, uh, it's January. We'll work. Kind of a nice little warm-up coming, I guess. And I know uh, some of the snowmobile folks are looking for um, more snowmobile, a bit more snow for the... Uh, a lot of them out last night, so I guess they're opened around. I'm not sure. Uh, down where you live there, Osseo area, do you have as much we have up here, or...? We don't have enough. I know that they have gone out and groomed a little bit, but I don't think the trails are open. So please, oh, okay. please, please, if you're a snowmobiler, check with check with your county and check with where you want to go because we do not want to be violating those farmers that are awesome to let them ride out there. Make sure they're oh, well before you head out. Especially um, not so much on maybe you're going to put 
and next year. But the fields of oh, the taking a beating already this year. I thought we had going to be uh, to reseed a field is almost question of the way prices are now. So mm-hmm. you are correct. So well, we better do the market report. I'll get doing that, and again, I thank you and a very good morning to everyone. From uh, yesterday and this past week here at Equity Stratford, uh, of course, everybody endured very cold weather. But if some advantages to this, uh, definitely we trend on the cow market this week. The higher yielding cows on the close, a good quality higher yielding hosting cows here at Equity. We're selling from 64 to a top of 74 and a half. Most of the cows this week, your average cows were selling four to 63. Those uh, pointer cows below 44. Trade this week, better quality bulls selling mostly 93, uh, topping in 95, lighter weight bulls below 75. Fairly light test on the Fed cattle this week. Trading Holstein steers, we're selling mostly from a dollar to a dollar 17. Trading cattle under 95. So decent demand on the bull calves this week. Buyers very selective in this cold weather, very little demand for. Calves, but the good quality, strong, 95 to 130 pound bull calves selling mostly from 75 to 175. A lot of fancier calves early in the week, up to 210. Heifer calves, very limited demand, 20 and below. Beef calves, very strong again, 150 to 300. And we did top at 345 this past week on those. And as we conclude a marketing week here at Equity Stratford, we'll look at to next week. Our next will be January marketing day on monday our next uh hay auction next tuesday february 1st our next dairy cattle sale also next tuesday next feeder cattle sale will be next wednesday part of that feeder sale next we do have bred beef cows as part of that auction and we already have some a lot of information on our website uh, we invite you folks at that equity crop click on the stratford page and uh, uh you i'll send her back to you you have a nice week uh, well the weather doesn't and so enjoy the weekend and uh, talk to uh, we'll talk to you guys on Monday morning. Sounds like a good plan. You also All right, have a great weekend. You bet, Jill. Thank you. Yep. Bye bye. And that was Jerry Fitzgerald from Equity Stratford. And we are sitting at about eight minutes to six, so we're going to run right over to our country elevator prices. Golden Plump of Arcadia corn is at six seventy five sixty seven. Man, my numbers are messed up today. So Golden Plump of Arcadia corn is at five sixty seven. Baldwin, Durand, Mondovi, Elmwood, and Fall Creek are at five sixty six. With Baldwin, Durand, and Elmwood having their soybeans at thirteen ninety three. Mondovi is at thirteen eighty three for their soybeans. Fall Creek is at thirteen seventy three for its soybeans. Osseo's at five seventy six for corn, thirteen eighty three for soybeans. Stevens Point's at thirteen seventy seven for soybeans. Elk Mounds at five seventy four for corn, thirteen eighty eight for soybeans. Sparta's at five seventy nine for corn and thirteen eighty one for soybeans. Ellsworth is at five sixty four and thirteen seventy three. Doomers Buck Country is at five sixty nine for corn and thirteen seventy nine for soybeans. With Wheaton, their Chippewa Falls location is at five seventy five and thirteen eighty six. And our in the Connorsville location is at five seventy five with at thirteen eighty three for their soybeans. And our ethanol plants, 
Boyceville's at 602. Stanley's at 594. New Richmond's at 588. And we'll take one last look at our Chicago Board of Trade. And our March corn is at 628, up three. Oats are at 652, down three. Soybeans are at 1456, up eight. Soybean meals at 407, at 407 dollars a ton, up two and a half. Wheat's at eight dollars and up six and a half. And our cheese markets, our barrels are at 167 and three quarters, up one and a half. Our blocks are 173 with no change. Our grade double A butters at 249 with no change. And our class three milk. January's at 20.36, up 8 cents. February's at 19.84, up 33 cents. March, up 52 cents to 20.69. And with that trend moving upwards, we'll take one last look at our weather. Today, our high is supposed to be 11 degrees with a low of zero, but partly cloudy. Tomorrow's, tomorrow and, oh boy. Saturday and Sunday, we're into the 20s with a low of 14 with mostly cloudy, mostly cloudy skies. So it's not going to be, hopefully not be quite so sub-zero as we had earlier this week. Man, we've had the whole gamut from really, really cold to warm and balmy in the morning to back down to the cold. You know, it's Wisconsin weather. It goes up and down and up and down. And your Skywarn 13 weather is brought to you by Markwart Motors. Shopping for tires? Think Markwart Motors. Call the service and parts department or visit markwartmotors.com. All right, we are at five minutes to six. I had a special request from my favorite mail caller to hear Finally Friday by George Jones, and I found it for him. So I'm going to send you off. That's what I have for our farm news and markets. And everybody have a great weekend. And remember to take care of yourself and take care of each other.